ESPNW presents Be Honest with Kerry Champion, live from the Los Angeles Rams camp. The NFL owners tonight approved the return of the Los Angeles Rams to the market. Everybody knows Southern California is a sports mecca, but this was the missing part of our sports resume. Kobe's retiring, so hopefully I can, I can, I can take his spot in the city. <laughs> We're happy to be here. It's quite a privilege. The fun part for us really starts. Coming in here today and being received like this is wonderful. Believe it or not, there were 10,112 people here today at practice. We talking about practice, man. So it's been 22 years since Los Angeles has had a football team, guys. That's two decades and then some. So by way of background for folks who didn't know, the Rams, they were in Los Angeles from 1946 to 1994. Wow, that's a long time. Before my time and then my time. They won an NFL championship in 1951, and that was the Super Bowl, if you will, folks. Seven years, listen to this, seven years before Dodgers were in L.A., about a decade before the Lakers came to L.A., and two decades before the Kings were even a franchise. So if you will, the L.A. Rams, they were the first major pro sports title team in Los Angeles. So you got to put some respect on their names. However, things have changed. L.A. has a fight for fandom. Between the teams that I just mentioned, the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Clippers, the Kings, uh, fandom is spread out. You have to get your piece of the pie when you can get your piece of the pie. And we're at training camp right now trying to figure out all the different storylines that now surround the Los Angeles Rams. I thought to myself, how do you build up your fandom? How do you get your fans? Well, obviously with star players. And over the years, the franchise in Los Angeles had some star players. They had Eric Dickerson. You know Eric Dickerson. He broke the NFL single-season rushing record in 84 when he was with the Rams. Jack Youngblood. Deacon Jones, rest in peace. And then there was this kid. I don't know if you know about this kid. His name is Jerome Bettis. Tenth overall pick for the Rams in 93. Played his first two seasons with the Rams in Los Angeles. A thousand rushing yards both seasons. Played one season in St. Louis with the Rams before. He got traded to the Steelers and and that was it. That's all she wrote, folks, when he went to the Steelers. Six-time Pro Bowler. Won the Super Bowl with the Steelers. Inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2015, and he, he happens to be a good friend of mine that I, that I harassed. I said, I texted him all day, all weekend, all night. I said, hey, Jerome, I need you on my Be Honest radio special to set the tone for what it means to have football in L.A., to talk about the Rams. Only you can do it. Jerome Bettis, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on the Shell Pinzoil Performance Line. How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me. Okay, so take me back to when you were drafted. Tenth overall pick, as mentioned, 1993. Describe the sports city scene then. Well, the, the, the city was incredible. The team, unfortunately, wasn't winning. So, you know, obviously when you got the tenth pick, that means you're not a very good football team. But, you know, when we came, I got to the city, uh, it was, you know, pretty impressive. You know, I'm from Detroit. and went, went to school in South Bend, Indiana. So getting out to L.A. was just like, wow. It was it was pretty impressive to see everything. And it was um, pretty good fan support as well. So I was, um, I was very impressed when I got there. So think about a city like Los Angeles, because at the time you were there, the Lakers were the thing, were they not? Yes, they were. So how does a team now that has to fight with so much other attention that these other, these other franchises have, how do they get that love, Jerome? It's, it's real simple. You just have to win. And, <laughs> I mean, because you got to think, the landscape was the same years ago. You, you had all the same teams that were there. The one thing was it was about winning. And when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers now, okay, and it's, it's terrible to think that you know, they're not a winning organization, but right now they are not. And so they're fighting for that fan to not go and watch the Clippers game as opposed to the Lakers game. So it's about winning in Los Angeles. If you can win, then the fans will come. So it's day two of training camp. Yesterday they had 10,000 fans here. Uh, and I was told by whiteout uh, Tavon Austin that it was a far cry from what they had saw in St. Louis. No disrespect to the St. Louis fans, but it was just a different energy here. You're one of a few that can talk about playing in Los Angeles 
and playing in St. Louis. What was the difference when you were with the franchise? Well, I, I will say this. You know, they, they, they talk about 10,000 people at training camp. Be very careful about that because, when you know, when the, the, the Rams came to St. Louis, there was thousands upon thousands of people there. Yes, everybody's happy, excited that the Rams are back. But if you continue to lose, you better believe two years from now you won't have 10,000 people at training camp. So they've got to understand that this is an opportunity for them to, to take advantage of and not just, you know, think that, oh, it's going to be like this all the time. You've got to win in order to keep it like that. What can you give? What type of advice would you give to these players? Because a lot of them were in St. Louis, and now they're here in La La Land, right? No matter how far away they are situated, <laughs> you know, some live in Simi Valley. They're not they're not directly in the pulse of things in the city, but they still are here in Los Angeles. Just describe the culture shock, if you will, and how to adjust. There's a, there's a huge culture shock. I mean, and it doesn't matter where you live. We lived out in Anaheim because we played out there, so we live, um, you know, east. So it doesn't matter. You're only 25, 30 minutes away from the city, no matter where you live. So, you know, what the, guys, the players have to understand is that there's going to be something to do every single night of the week. The difference is to have that discipline to understand that you've got to be effective and you've got to, you know, practice well. You've got to do all these things well. So you can't, as much as you may like to get out and enjoy the city and the nightlife, You've got to be conscious that it's business first. And as long as the players put their business first, then they'll be fine. But yeah. there's all, there are a lot of things to do uh, <laughs> and a lot, of, a, a lot of trouble to get into. they got to be very careful. You got to do me a favor, and I and you you avoided trouble. You have all your career. You're a good kid, right? You're still a good good young kid here. I, I try. I try. Uh, yeah, I try. yeah, my friend. So so so, give me one of your more infamous slash famous stories when you came to Los Angeles, and this is when you knew you were like, I'm in L.A. Now, this is crazy. Uh, this city is when, crazy. I tell you, I went to. Uh, I was there my first year, and one of one of my um, uh, older teammates wanted to take me out, and he took me at the time that the club was called the Roxbury. Mm. So the Roxbury was the club to be at, so I was there, and we're up in the VIP area, and then it's, it's uh, Magic Johnson, our city halls over there, then Prince is on the other side, and then it just was like, wow, here, here is this 21-year-old kid from Detroit, and I'm in the this, this VIP area with all these stars it was it was like an awakening for me and i knew i, I didn't belong there um <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just a matter of time before i felt comfortable there can you i i can't even imagine walking in a room like that with those type of legends being 21 years old i i, I would have felt like i had the keys to the castle and it, it's such a it's such an adjustment from from life in st louis i i wanted to speak to um todd Gurley, and i i'm going running back to running back here uh highly touted he said speaking on living in los angeles and being here now he said you know, now that Kobe's retired, maybe he can get some of those fans. What does someone like Todd Gurley, arguably uh, one of the bigger names here on the team, most recognized names on the team, what does he have to deal with? Well, obviously he's got to deal with the celebrity part of Los Angeles and, and not being pulled in too many, uh, too many corners. Because as a celebrity there, you know, there's going to be events to go to and, you know, you want to, you know, get – your photograph here at this place and at this place, but you always have to remember you're you're a professional athlete first, and you have to always remember that. And as long as you put that in the forefront, then you'll be okay. But there's there's so many things to do, like I said earlier. And as a celebrity on the team, he's going to be the one guy everybody wants to have at their event. They want the one Ram player, and he's going to be that guy. They want him at all the social events, all the charity events. And he's got to be very careful because he's only got so much time that he can give. And he also has to have a social life. So he's got to be very careful in that regard. What a delicate balance. St. Louis to Los Angeles, finding that balance between enjoying the city and your fandom and your personal life but not getting caught up. Jerome Bettis, you did it best on and off the field. Thank you so much for being here, Hall of Famer. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Hold it down out there, L.A.
I'm trying to. Oh. <laughs> Jerome Bettis joins us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. More independent agents sell Progressive Insurance than any other brand. Find an agent at Progressive.com. Now that's Progressive. Coming up next, folks. I mentioned it earlier, 10,000 fans in attendance. Shelly Smith will join me next to discuss what that was like. Again, day one of training camp with 10,000 fans. Crazy. You're listening to Be Honest Radio Special Live from L.A. Rams. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. As mentioned, 10,000. I mean, that's you heard him correctly. 10,000 people were out yesterday just to see the Rams. Now, I, I, I frankly, when I heard that, I was surprised. Um, but for more information on how it all went down, Fan Anticipation Day, day one, I'm bringing in what I call my OG, my original gangster in the in the best sense of the word, Shelly Smith, who knows all. Um, Shelly Smith joining us right now. Thank you so much for being here on the Shell Pinzoil Performance Line. How you was got pre- it, Carrie. How was day one yesterday, Shelly? Oh, uh, it was it was surreal. It was really bizarre. You know, I was here when back when we had an NFL team. Uh, you weren't born yet, but uh, it was, you know, there wasn't nearly that kind of excitement that there was yesterday. And these players, they, you know, nobody ever came out to watch them training camp in St. Louis. They were, they didn't really know what to do. They were a little starstruck. They were a little, uh, you know, like you heard Jared Goff say, there were some jitters. And Fisher actually had to tell them before practice, now this is going to be kind of crazy. Don't go too hard. Make sure you warm up because we don't want anybody pulling anything, you know, trying to run too fast or show off for the crowd. But it was really, really exciting. It was electric. Um, I was surprised when they said the final count was 10,112 people. Uh, It was a lot of families and it was a lot of fun. It's great to see it back in L.A. Yeah, Shelly, it's been 22 years. And and from my understanding and the way it seemed, because you live here in Los Angeles, too, just as a native, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that this city and the city with attention span that's about a nanosecond long, people <laughs> people can can be focused on the Clippers, the Dodgers, the Lakers, you know, the Kings. Um, they have and, and by they, I mean, the fans have seemed to be OK without a football team in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, there's fantasy football. There is I could drive two hours south to see the Chargers. What do you think brought these people out? Because it, it totally kicks my theory in the butt that, yeah. that folks are okay without football in L.A. Well, it became a college football town. It became USC. You know, the the Pete Carroll heyday really brought fans back to football, period. And then UCLA getting good. But the NFL is so different than it was 20 years ago. It is a huge deal now, and everybody's got a team, and everybody – wanted a team in L.A., but everybody had their other teams because there was no team. So you have families that have five different teams that they cheer for every weekend. This has united people in a way because you want one of your own. You want a team of your own, and I'm not to discount them being fans of other teams too, but uh, I just think that because the NFL is so glitzy and so glamorous and so much fun, I mean, it's become a, a – you know, an entertainment spectacle that people want to be part of it. And I think when that stadium is built in Inglewood, it's going to only escalate from there. Okay, so you're leading me to my next question because I want to talk about what's in store. The Rams will play their home games, at least seven of their eight home games at the Coliseum. That One of the last is in London. This new stadium, right. City of Champions Stadium in Inglewood, scheduled to open in 2019. What, what can we anticipate? What can we expect? It's going to be better and bigger than Jerry's world. Jerry is going to be jealous that he's going to have to find something else to make bigger and better. It is absolutely fabulous, the designs. It'll be a world-class facility for not just football, but for concerts and award shows and, and things that you can think of of that nature. That's what it was designed for. And then the football kind of fell into place because nobody really knew what the owners were going to do, whether they would vote for uh, the Rams to move back to L.A. That facility was going to get built by Stan Kroenke uh, no matter what. But then Jerry Jones, of of all people, stepped in and really kind of spearheaded the movement to get the Rams to L.A. The owners really didn't want the Chargers or the Raiders because they're loyal to the Spanos family. They wanted them to stay in San Diego. They wanted them to get that extra money and get the initiative passed for a new stadium. They didn't want the Raiders back. They didn't, you know, I think they'll be fine with them, the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, but I don't think they really wanted that to be the team of choice here 
to make this big splash back in L.A. But that stadium is going to be uh, fabulous. It's going to be, um, I think NFL Network is moving over there. It's going wow. to be NFL Films. It's going to be a mega complex. And what it does for Inglewood uh, is amazing. It's going to be um, really revitalize that community. And I think that's just as, as exciting as anything else that's going on. Yeah, you mentioned revitalizing Inglewood. You know, many folks mm-hmm. know that's where the form was, the Great Western Form. The Lakers, yep. you know, Fabulous made the glory form. days there. So, 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 talk to me about on the on the field, Shelley. Uh, I've yep. been able to talk about some of the players, but I, in terms of rain, rain, uh, name recognition, players that we should be really looking out for because not only is it winning that puts people in the stands, it's names, it's a storyline, it's a a player I'm invested mm-hmm. in. Who are yeah, we talking it's going about? To take- yeah, it's going to take a little bit for people to try to figure out who their favorite is or who they like, to, who they want to watch, or um, you know that type of thing. But uh, I'll tell you, Tavon Austin is really exciting. He's he's probably as fast as anybody out there, and I saw him yesterday, and as healthy as he is, he's going to be fabulous to watch. I think I think the quarterback competition obviously is going to be great. Jared Goff looked great yesterday. He has improved so much since rookie camp and OTAs. He really worked a lot on his timing, his footwork, his pre-snap uh, planning. He says he's much better. He's much more comfortable with it, with the NFL, you know, calling the plays, getting the guys to the line. And I think that's going to be great. Case Keenum, the other quarterback, is, is also a fabulous quarterback. And he was really excited because he was – the first time he went into camp as a starter. So <laughs> it's his job to lose. Yeah. And uh, and the funny line Jared Goff had on Rams.com that they do a great job with their website – was he walked into his dorm and goes, ah, I was walking into our dorm last year, and now I'm walking into a dorm this year. <laughs> so he's, he's got some um, personality that we hope to bring out in him. I think, obviously, Todd Gurley is going to be the guy to watch. He already is embracing Hollywood. He did a modeling shoot for wow. NFL gear, and he's, uh, he, he, he loves the attention, and I think he's worth the attention. And I think, he's, I think at first it's going to be a, a very heavily – uh, saturated running game, you know, you just that's what you go with, and I think that's those will be the players uh, defensively. I think Alden Smith is a bright personality as well. He was having so much fun yesterday with the fans, and they're all just great. They're all they all appreciate the attention so much because they really didn't get it in St. Louis, and people were screaming for autographs yesterday. You'll see it. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. So the other day I was reading, I do do that, reading the LA Times. Um, and one of my favorite, and I, I'm buttering up my next guest, one of my favorite columnists, Bill Plaschke, he, he wrote something actually back in January when it was official that the Rams were coming back to Los Angeles. And I, I want to read this quote to you all. The Lakers and Dodgers run this joint, and college football teams are giants, and nobody wins like the Kings, and nobody has more drama than the Clippers. And in 21 years, Los Angeles has become arguably the nation's most interesting sports town without the National Pastimes help. Welcome back, NFL. Now make us glad we missed you. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome in Bill Plaschke, LA Times columnist and panelist on Around the Horn. He's on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. How are you? Good. I was out there yesterday for the first practice back, and the uh, the honeymoon's in full swing. You'll see that today. It's amazing. It was There was 10,000 people out there yesterday. And just going crazy. I mean, it's, it was like, and again, we're used to around here. And I was I was talking to, to a Johnny Johnny Hecker, the, the Rams punter, and I'm like, we haven't, you know, none of us have been to an NFL practice in 22 years. We forgot what they were like. I mean, it was like a circus out there. You forgot how to cover it. What's happening? What are we doing? We, we, Where do we yeah, start? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, you know, we've been to USC and usually usually football practices. There ain't nothing like what we saw yesterday. I'm sure you'll see today with all the boosts. All the fans, all the autograph, all the screeching. I mean, it's a the power of the NFL was in full display for the first time in twenty two, you know, in twenty two years. It's crazy. So I want to I want to go back to what you wrote and you said, "Welcome back, NFL. Now make us glad we missed you." What what type of pressure, if at all, is on the Rams? Well, I think in yesterday's show they're going to have a longer honeymoon than maybe even I thought. They'll be a half a season, three quarters, maybe a full season honeymoon. But but they, they've got to win. In this marketplace, they have to win or you'll be forgotten. They have to, you know, be established during the winter. During the winter, you know, the Lakers and, and are kings, and during the, you know, and the, and the Dodgers during the fall. And you and USC football is huge here. I mean, right now the Rams are starting out 
probably fourth on the list behind Lakers, Dodgers, USC football. And if UCLA football gets good, maybe they'll fall fifth or or, or the uh, Clippers. Same thing. So they're they're around fourth or fifth. They're going to have to win. I mean, they're going to have to win because everybody's freaked out just to see an LA Rams deer. I mean, people there were just couldn't go out there yesterday just to buy a hat that says LA Rams on it. And everybody's like, you know, my God, they're actually real football players, NFL players in our backyard. But that's not going to last. That won't last in this town. This is there's too many things to do. We're an entertainment town. You have to entertain us. You know what? It's interesting. It is an entertainment town. We do lose interest quickly here. And, and I'd have to just one po- point of order here, Bill. Uh, I am a Bruin, and football is great at UCLA. But we'll get back to that another time. We're talking about the Rams. Um, I, I want you to talk to me about, again, you've been writing for the Times for 29 years. Tell me about when you covered the Rams when they were here. Was the franchise uh, deservingly on its way out? Was there a lack of interest for, for yeah. the Rams in yeah. Los you know Angeles? What? Yeah, there was. Once they moved out of the Coliseum, moved down to Orange County, they became a lower grade version of the Angels. They just, you know, they people just, they just, uh, people slowly, the interest really slowed. They weren't on the radar anymore. They were a million miles from LA. It felt like they felt like a distant. They just felt, you know, it just, it just didn't feel right once they left. So, yeah, there was, I think, at the time with the stadium issues and all that stuff, it just made sense. You know, and again, as it's proven, we lost both the Rams and Raiders in the same year, after, and, you know, in uh, 1994. We, we didn't miss them. L.A.'s been strong as sports market as ever. We, did, we didn't miss them. We really didn't miss them. There was no, think about it, there was no cries. There was no real huge civic uprising. We didn't give any taxes to get, to get the Rams back. We didn't pay a penny. We're not paying a penny for them. They came on their own. They're paying their own way. So, um, yeah, so when they left. But, boy, it was a different atmosphere yesterday than when they left. It's like, boy, the NFL's changed in 22 years. Goodness gracious. You know, it was just just, such a celebratory. It was such a big event yesterday. Such a huge event for just a practice. For just a practice, I know, but the NFL has changed. You know now it's key. Yes, it has. This billion-dollar industry that, that quite frankly, and I and I said this earlier, that I have it's proving my theory absolutely incorrect because they want it. They missed it. And, you know, the driving down two hours south to see the Chargers just isn't going to do anymore. They're happy to have a team here. Uh, as you all know, the Rams will play their home games, seven of their eight home games at the Coliseum. Uh, Bill Plaschke, thank you so much for joining us here. We really appreciate your perspective. And come back at any time, cool. okay? I'll do my best. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. Los Angeles Rams general manager, Les Snead, is in the house with us to give us that straight talk. We're excited to have you here. I I have to set this up. I have to set the scene for the folks because, again, this is radio. Day two of training camp. The fans are trickling in. You you come over to our booth, our section here, to, to do your interview and off to the side, a family walks up to you. I see you talking to them. And then and they ask you for your autograph. I, I, I'm assuming that's what happened. And and I see you embrace them and vice versa. I, did you expect the fans would be this welcoming? Well, you, it, I can tell you, we talked a little bit before we got on the air. Last year when we did the Cowboys at Oxnard, there was a group of Rams fans that went up to, to Oxnard. And, and I guarantee you this, we outfan the Cowboys fans there, which is probably hard to do there America's team. So... I was expecting, I was expecting something rare, and yesterday this group met it, and you know what? It's it's awesome. You can feel the energy. I think when you're a young athlete, wow, that that energy means something. It's not just a boring football practice anymore. Well, let's talk about expectations because I I, I would think and that it would be a little difficult to compete with all the other major sports teams here. What do you say to your players? What do you say in the front office? What's your philosophy as you guys make this huge transition? Well, you, I think if you always that's a big, big picture thing. How do you go compete with Clippers, Lakers, whomever, Kings? They've won standing. I think the best thing you do is you do that one day at a time, preparing. You're going to be big in L.A. if you're good out there on that grass between the lines. That's where you're going to become a star in L.A. You got to go earn it, and and you do that days like yesterday and the day, and it's working and going doing doing what you do. 10,000 people came out yesterday, um, and they talked about the, the quarterback competition. That was like one of the, the, the quiet storylines. Uh, not that you're going to give me unless you want to give me the exclusive early on in camp. W- w- tell me about the differences and the similarities of Case Keenum and Jared Goff. Well, the, 
here's this if you want to go similarities they both came from spread offenses in college football put up a lot of stats uh the difference right now is case been in the nfl for a few years so he's now like i said when you go from the spread to the to the nfl you what you got to learn the vocabulary words. You're memorizing those things. Now, Case can go apply those vocabulary words. Jared's still memorizing them. But you know what's interesting is, I know this about Jared, he, he moved to the Valley. We were talking about that earlier. That's where we're going to be in the season. He moved to the Valley in the offseason and what he did every day. And he's got connections with through his agent with Marcus Mariota, what Marcus do to prepare mm. for this. And he went up there quietly, went into his lab every day. And guess what? Got better and better. We came out here for after OTAs to the rookie practice, and you could tell, wait a minute, he's done more. He, he's not just memorizing those words mm-hmm. anymore. He can act, actually apply them. What did you see in him that made you move up and say, we have to have this kid? Well, you, to keep it simple, we thought he was a rare passer of the football. Uh, you know what? You've heard all the pundits, whether it's John Gruden, all the all the Mel Kuyper, all those guys can probably describe him better than I can. Right. But you know what? In terms of – Hey, get the ball out quickly. Use his feet in the pocket. I mean, Cal, unfortunately, didn't have the best OL. They had some pressure there. Guess what? You're getting in this league pressure. He could move his feet, get off spots, hit targets. But at the end of the day, we thought he was a rare passer in tight windows, and you better be able to do that in this league. Take that with the intangibles, and we think we got the guy who's going to be our future. So we look around, and and I want to manage expectations. I don't want to build them up. How long do you think it will take for you guys? And, and And I talked to Tavon. He said to me, he goes, guess what? Playoffs is goal for me this year. We want to be in the playoffs. And I thought, well, gosh, that, that's good. That's Why not? That should be, the, if not the whole everything. We want to win the bowl. But what do you think fans will get from you all, your expectations from the season? Well, it's, it's interesting. I'll put you, let's, let's paint the picture and, and put you in the mind of Tavon and where his paradigm is. Let's go. This is going to be year five here. Four or five years ago, we were 32nd wins over in regular season. Guess what? We've gone from 32nd to competitive. By competitive, I mean we've, we've beaten Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. We've had winning records in our division. Our division sent three of the last four NFC reps to the Super Bowl. So we've gone from bad to competitive. I think what Tavon, this group, and what we want to do is go from competitive to contender. And guess what? You, you don't want to manage anything. I know that's the goal. Those guys are tired of being competitive. By that, I mean beating Denver one week, not not backing up with another win. You're ending up around 500 instead of, guess what, in, in those playoffs. But, again, it's going to take day. It's just a one-day-at-a-time thing. One day at a time with a 30-camera crew filming you from HBO. So we, we got hard knocks here. Now, I I don't know. Do you, do you get to say, no, I don't want them, or yes, I want them? You know what, you probably <laughs> – there's different rules, and, and, and you can say no, and then you can say no only so many times, and then eventually you're going to have to say yes. But I think the real, we always say this, big philosophy of ours is embrace our reality, right? We're in, we're, it's 2016. The nice thing, I think you mentioned in your last segment, NFL's big. They cover us 365 days. You do as well. Probably other sports as well, too. But guess what? you got to give. To be able to be in that position, you need to give people content. You better embrace it. HBO, I'll give those guys credit, and NFL Films. Great people. You can tell they're really good at what they do. So you don't really feel them. And, and it's just fun kind of watching them because they're, they're professionals. You know what they say out of the way. And not a distraction. Not a distraction? Not a distraction. A 30-camera crew is not a, a, a 30-person camera crew is not a distraction? And that's interesting you say 30 because when you have felt them, it seems like there's maybe four or five cameras. I've never felt 30. But they got it spread. It's a big campus, so they're spread out everywhere. <laughs> okay, so what kind of shenanigans are happening? Are you are you in with the players like that? Are you a, a, a players kind of guy? I'm probably a, a players kind of guy. But uh-huh. anytime you get the GM title and sit in that chair, mm-hmm. obviously you know the players are going to probably try to keep a few things mm-hmm. from you. A mm-hmm. little bit of aware. So there's plenty of shenanigans, especially in a – you take a group of 90 young men and bring them to a co- college campus, <laughs> put them in dorm rooms, yeah, yeah. have a lot of time on their hand. Yeah. Other than meetings in football, guess what? There's going to be some shenanigans, and we like to call that team building. A team building is shenanigans. You know what? Okay, so I was asking some of the players, I was like, where do you live? And, and, and Jerome hit on this earlier, and they were like, well, we're near the facility. I'm in Simi Valley. Some people are out a little further. They're not close to the city. They can't. And I'm not, I'm not saying it was done on purpose, but mindful. 
mindful of where they should be and living in terms of making sure they don't have too much I, access to shenanigans? <laughs> that definitely helps. <laughs> it definitely it's, I like to tell the guys, is, especially when you move to L.A., right, guess right. what? There's a time to work. There's a time to play. Yeah. So, you know, when there's a time to work and you go do your work right and execute, guess what? You'll probably be embraced for shenanigans later, right? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's. But if you don't take care of your business out there on the grass, guess what? You're, you're going to want to hide in the valley. But, it, you know what, it, it really boils down to, you know what, it's, it's a hard – L.A.'s, you know, vast place, a lot of, lot of people here, hard place to find a, a place to build, you know, let's call it four or five grass fields. Yeah, it is. Okay. So. Okay, so I walked in this morning and I noticed, and you have the players' names on the banners and their different organizations and their nicknames so people can know who they are. Their faces are prominent. There is a concerted effort to familiarize the fans with these players. Um, what would you like the fans to know? Because you're, you're going to have to win them over. What would you like the fans to know about this organization as you guys step into this new this new era and, and you're trying to compete for that same amount of attention? <laughs> well, you know, that's a, it, probably from a big picture philosophy about us. I think we we'd like to. I'd say this: we'd like to be tenacious in whatever we do. Right? You want to fill us. We want to make an impact. And, and you see the banners. It's nice you got the faces and you get to know the human and who they are and where they came from. And I think that's that's a neat thing because now you start pulling for that person more. But this organization's been very proactive, very tenacious in going in using the, using the platform to affect, make real meaningful change on the community. Because we're going to play eight home games. We're going to play 16 during the season. And there's going to be some good Mondays. And we all know there's going to be some bad Mondays. And those bad Mondays are going to drag on a week and leave a bad taste in your mouth. But I think, big picture, we're going to leave a footprint, this organization will, in the community of Los Angeles. Because it's more than just a sports team. It's yeah. Actually, that's how you win people over. That's that's the goal. And yeah. that's how you affect, and, and like I said, Take advantage of, of where you're at, the, the plot you've been given in life, and then make a, a real meaningful difference. Now, fans don't take that, that we don't want to be tenacious in the, in the standings either. We know that's very important, too. So I, I, I talked to one of my colleagues, and they're talking about the new stadium, uh, obviously playing in Coliseum now, but the new stadium, the soon-to-be uh, stadium that is supposed to be bigger than Jerry's World in 2019. Uh, tell me about that vision. That that What can people expect when they walk in there, hopefully before 2019? Let's, let's well, put a rush on the construction, can I, we? I, I put the rush on it. I think <laughs> the first time I saw the, the color pictures of the vision, it's there's not many things that you can make a wow. Oh, wow. Especially in, 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 in pictures, and we've seen a lot, but wow. And, and I think I used I don't know what wonder of the world we're at. seems like there was an eighth, and, and I don't know. I quit counting. Yeah, but I whether it were 10, 11, 12, or 13. <laughs> it's the 13th. I, I think this one is there. <laughs> Somewhere in there. And, and it's going to probably hold Pat and, and keep the lead for a while. I do know that. it's And it's going to affect the footprint of it is going to change Inglewood. And it, it's more than just a football stadium. It's an entertainment. It's a destination place. It's a, it's a neat venue. I want to talk about how big it is, how luxury suites. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hearing things are, from my understanding, and not many people have been to see Jerry's World, but from my understanding, if you can top that, that's unheard of. Yes, very much. In the, the, the architects and the people planning that, it's fascinating where the, how creative their mind is because if you're going to build that in 19, you don't want it to be outdated okay. in 2029 either. So their 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 minds are, in terms of technological advances and all that, they're they're probably 20 years ahead of us right now. It is, it's Jetson type stuff. It's pretty cool. I'm excited about. That. I thought the Jetsons in year 2000. I thought it'd be Jetson. I yeah. thought it'd be, be toiling around. And the Jetsons right. are old school. They're right? old. Like to it's me, that's not even futuristic yeah. anymore. Right? Back to the Future. That's old school. That's now, so right? old school. That happened like in the 90s. The DeLorean is like what? No one what? even wants that. You know what I mean? Okay. Yes. So, um, anything you're listening to? This is so it has nothing to do with football. What are you listening to to get you motivated when you come in here day in and day out? I just need to know. What I'm curious you? about this GM guys. I don't know if this might be the last <laughs> time I see him. They go on to win. He'll never do any more interviews. No, that's you know what <laughs> teasing you. <laughs> I think the the motivation is. I'm, here's what I do listen to. There's times I right. we had a long commute in, in in L.A. So there's times to make phone calls. That's not very motivating at all. Right. But hey, there's definitely times I like to put on some music. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm one of those that still like to go local radio stations oh, okay. and just kind of. And, and I got genres that I like, but I do like the local thing. You hear the DJs, you get a feel for that. Well, so nice. there's times I, I really like the music. And what happens when the music, you just that takes you back to your childhood and, and kind of the dreams you had. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm close to them. And, and maybe you, you smell the, a, a Super Bowl one day and okay. you're like, wow, you're, you're close. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion, live from the Los Angeles Rams camp. The NFL owners tonight 
approved the return of the Los Angeles Rams to the market. Everybody knows Southern California is a sports mecca, but this was the missing part of our sports resume. Kobe's retiring, so hopefully I can, I can, I can take his spot in the city. <laughs> We're happy to be here. It's quite a privilege. The fun part for us really starts. Coming in here today and being received like this is wonderful. Believe it or not, there were 10,112 people here today at practice. We talking about practice, man. We talking about practice. Training camp, ladies and gentlemen. Day two out here at UC Irvine. Beautiful campus, large campus. I couldn't find a, a ladies' room. I had to walk 10, 10 minutes to find the ladies' room. Good grief. But it's okay. It's a wonderful day. And, again, you can just feel that the energy here is really palpable and surprising. I, I, I know that we've used that number over and over again, that 10,000 number. But 10,000 people left their house, drove to UC Irvine, depending on where they lived, this is this is a large area, Los Angeles County, Orange County is, came down here to sit and watch practice. We're talking about practice, as my man AI just said. I had a chance to uh, talk with a couple of players today. Uh, one in particular, wideout Tavon Austin, drafted by the Rams in 2013 when they were in St. Louis, eighth overall pick, referred to as a jack-of-all-trades for the Rams. He's coming off his best season in 2015 where he had 52 catches for 473 yards, five TDs. Tavon, he joins me now on set. And Tavon, from my understanding, uh, th- that 10,000 number, 10,000 people here for the first day of training camp. Think about that. Yeah, 10,000. What was your reaction to that? I loved it. You know, with the it was my second time. We had 10,000. Last year when we came in, we played Dallas for a couple of days. We had to practice cause against Dallas for two days, and we had about 10,000 here. So this day's second time. So but what about the fans? What's the difference between the fans in Los Angeles so far? I know it's new, but uh, from the fans in St. Louis, from my understanding, I would think, you know, a lot of people were talking about how hard it would be for the Rams to get their, their pie of fandom. You got to yeah. fight between the Lakers and the Clippers right. and the Kings and the, and the Dodgers. So, right. so tell me what you've noticed so far. I mean, it's just the way how they show support, how they're really showing up. You know, a lot of times we was in St. Louis, not taking nothing from them, you know. We had a few losing seasons, you know, and I kind of get the city disappointed, you know. But uh, I can say the Rams fans, they always been out here. And even when we was in St. Louis, they always, you know, just always saying we still got y'all back, even though they wanted us back here. And uh, that was the main thing for me, kind of like my West Virginia fans, you know, diehard fans. They, everywhere we went, West Virginia fans was there. And uh, that's all I can say about the L.A. Rams. So you talk about these diehard fans. I I, I noticed uh, for you all, there's a lot of pressure. Uh, For what I I believe is not necessarily pressure that you're putting on yourselves, but for the league to make sure that this succeeds back here in Los Angeles. So Hard Knocks, you got a a 30-camera crew filming you all. How does that that affect your day-to-day? For the most part, because you always know you're under that camera. So you always know you got to... Be on point at all times. Got to watch what you're saying. Everything is being recorded. The whole world is saying it. So for the most part, you got to be on your A game. All over. When I'm 30 cameras around, he's picking up on every sound. You know, so you got to make sure you, when you're coming out here, you're doing the right thing. When you're off the field, you're doing the right thing. So it's, it's a little distraction because sometimes, you know, you get to always want to look at the camera or, I mean, I got to look good for the camera. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, I just try to focus in and, and, and you know, off the field kind of different. You can kind of loosen up a little bit. Uh, but my style of play, I'm a rowdy player regardless. So the camera really don't really do nothing towards me. So for us individual, that's how I feel about the cameras. There are just a few players I would I would call stand out. You're one of the name-recognized players. Let's talk about your, your quarterback, Jared. Jared Goff comes into the situation, rookie quarterback, new franchise in terms of location. How's he dealing with all of these moving pieces and still trying to learn the offense? Uh, me and Jarp, um, we're, we're definitely building a relationship. You know, when a person first come in, you know, he's kind of, you know, feeling himself out, just like I was when I came in. Um, he had high expectations. You know, he went number one. And uh, I know exactly how he felt because I had went number eight. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. You know, he's the general of the team. If, if, if it don't work for him, it ain't going to work for none of us. And we'll be back in the same position that we was in the last previous years. So for him, I try to stay in his ear. I try to stay in his ear, motivate him on the field. Uh, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's a calm guy. Um, I'm a rah-rah guy, kind of. So 
Uh, kind of, it, 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 it's a challenge, you know, it's a challenge because I know what he's going through. I know exactly what he's going through, but, you know, he's doing a great job, you know. I don't know who's going to be the starter. I don't know anything about that. Whoever it is, uh, September, you know, we're ready to rock. So that's the main thing. So what are you telling Jared? What is this, when you're in his ear, what are you uh, saying? I pretty much talk to him when it's, like, if we in the building or something, you know, I highlight him, just tell him, uh, you know, um, Jared, you all right? You know, we, you know, we can change numbers, we can talk a little bit more, but, you know, one thing I say about him, he adapts to you. You know, he he a type of person, he can adapt to any type of person that's coming towards him. You know, I'm, I'm a different type of person. I'm a city guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a city guy, so he a Cali boy. Is he? Yeah, he's a Cali boy, so he's a, it's a big difference. But, you know, for those part, man, he, he, he coming along. He coming along, so I'm happy for him. I was, um, I grew up here, so I'm a, a Los Angeles native, and I know the locations of the city and, and, and what happens when you're in the city, like specifically in Los Angeles. Uh, the facility is uh, further out. Your facility, yeah. the Rams facility yeah. is further out. So further you out. you guys are not in the city. From my understanding, I talked to your PR person. He said that, that there was a meeting, and he said, here's Manhattan Beach, here's L.A., here's Santa Monica. This is where you won't be living. I'll right. tell you where you can live. Right. You Stay away from the city. Right. What was that about? Uh, that ain't really nothing. I really believe it. It wasn't nothing about us being in the city as far as, like, the fast life and all that. I just think it had to do with where our facility was at, you know, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we got to be somewhere else. So, but it was, I, I believe it was a thought in their mind. Yeah, I'm like, I think that it's was a thought planned. In mind. It's a thought, yeah, it's a thought in Coach Pitch's mind. You know, you bring all these boys over here to LA, so. You know, it's all good, though, you know. So. Yeah, I can see Fisher being like, you're in L.A., but you're not really going to be in L.A. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're it's going to be an effort to get out to the city. Oh, yeah, you're a little drive away. I yeah. mean, the whole Cali a drive away, you want to be honest. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. everything about 45 minutes spread apart, so you're still <laughs> good regardless. <laughs> so uh, that's cool. So what are your expectations for the season? I don't need to go to the playoffs this year. Um, I don't really worry about too much individual stats, but – my main thing, I ain't really never been on a losing team too much. And it's, it's not a great feeling at all, you know, because I know how hard I, how much work I put in and my guys put in. You know, we do. I think I really believe we deserve better. But it ain't going to start no way until we, until our whole team is on the same mindset. And, um, you know, hopefully we, we, we striving for it. You know, we got some great coaches and great schemes now. So we get after it every day in practice. So that's the main thing. I think that it's interesting because I, when you look at how, and I'm watching you guys do your walkthrough, everyone has a very uh, a focused um, demeanor. It's very, um, I don't know how you would describe it in terms of what I feel, but it feels like you all have a purpose. Focus. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You guys really have a purpose. Be, a of- you you hear it. You, you know there aren't a lot of expectations, but everyone seems to be a little more determined to prove everybody else wrong. Yeah. And for the most part, it's a lot of detail. That's in this new offense we got, you know. So you got to be paying attention, you know. One thing I can see, a lot of rope is short. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no room for error. Right, right. There's no room for error. Like the saying go, you know, this is a game of inches, and that's the truth. A play in the first quarter can haunt you to play in the fourth quarter. And and that's what all of us got to believe in. And, and, and what you've seen today, that's how it is every day, even in meeting rooms. So, but it's good. I like it. I like it. It's going to get us where we need to be. Any uh, any funny stories from training camp so far that you can share? Anything about Jared Goff that's funny? Anything about yourself? Anybody playing any tricks on you? Know, I hear that's what that's all about. I hear that's what you guys yeah. be bored. You don't have nothing to do. Got to yeah. get on each other's cases a little bit. Yeah, nothing really ain't happened yet. Uh, you know about the campus we on. You know, as um, far as walking distance. You know, walking distance. When you start up in the morning, you might got to come breakfast, breakfast, meetings, back to over here, back to meetings, back to food. It's about a 3.1 walk. 3.1 mile walk. Oh, so I was like, wait. My first day, uh-huh. me and Stephen Bailey, we going to carts. <laughs> yeah, I asked, just asked for a cart too, by the way. It is it is very spread out here. So we so me instead is known as the cart stealers. Okay. Right here. So <laughs> any 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 keys, any keys in them carts, they come with me in SB. But I got a little bike from Ray J now. I got a little bike from Ray J. Ray so, J sent me a, like a little scooter bike over. I'll probably go about 15 miles by hour. So to get around. And it gets me around. Okay. So that, so so we can see. I, I already predict in the in Hard Knocks, I see you and SB stealing keys so you can get your cart so you can get around. That's what we're going to be seeing. Some, some, some cart theft. 
It was. You know, they came and shut it down. Oh, they did. They said no more. <laughs> Truth came and shut it down. He came and shut me instead down and told me to hand the keys over. So I got my bike now, so okay. I'm good. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Kerry Champion. My next guest, Miles Simmons. He is a L.A. Rams team insider, and he's on set with us for Straight Talk. Um, Miles, there are a lot of storylines surrounding this transition for the Rams, and you're you're well aware of them. We try to, uh, you know, touch base on all of them. One storyline that has been getting a little attention and is starting to build uh, a delicate situation here. So let's let's proceed with some caution. Uh, Trey Mason, he did not report to camp and hasn't talked to the team in months. Um, it's a developing story. And not only has Mason not reported to training camp, but the brass has said that they have had not had any contact with him at all. Coach Fisher talked to the media yesterday about this story. Um, kind of set the scene for us. When was the last time Trey Mason was in place, the last time he was in the news, and, and what's the situation as of now? Well, the last time the, the team had contact with him was right after the season, and that really was at the, the exit physicals. So, you know, after week 17, everybody comes in, you clear out your lockers, you take your exit physical, you talk to head coach Jeff Fisher, and then we say, okay, we'll see you for the off-season program. And apparently, you know, according to Fisher yesterday, you know, after the incident that happened in, in early March. Which uh, was? Fisher, which was uh, he was rested and he, he was apparently tased. Um, and so Fisher tried to get in contact with him then, couldn't get in contact with him. Um, and then he's tried multiple times, which is what he told me to yesterday. And now he just has not reported to camp. Apparently he stopped talking with his teammates. He stopped talking with the team. And so even though Fisher said he's been in contact with uh, Mason's agent, Buzz Cook, they just have not been able to get in contact with Mason directly. And so now we're, we're at the situation where Mason has been placed on the did not report list. And we're just going to have to see what happens. And, and Fisher did say yesterday, you know, if Mason does decide that he's going to, to show up here, then they're obviously going to have to have a conversation about why he made the decision in the first place to not be in contact with the team with his teammates. And I, I think that makes sense because at a certain point, you know, this this organization has tried to get everybody out here successfully. They've been in contact with people. They've done a lot of things to try to make that happen. And so this is, this is a kind of a family organization where if you don't talk to us, well, you know, we, we can't help you. So if they want to help him, which obviously they do, he's not really being amenable to that. And so that's sort of where we are right now. Uh, I'm reading, and this is according to uh, a TMZ report as well as a Yahoo Sports report, that um, your coach, Jeff Fisher, has said, we're more concerned with Trey Mason's well-being than we are with his football career. We're going to continue to try to reach him to see where he's at. But right now, the best thing for us to do is to put him on a did-not-report list so he does not. So it does not account against this ninety-man roster. Um, his well-being. Yeah. I mean, you, you. If you look at what Trey Mason has sort of done and, and been posting on social media, it, you know, it, it 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 seems like there's a little bit of cause for concern. And there have been reports out there that there is a little bit of cause for concern with Trey Mason. And I think anytime you have a person who has not been in contact with the team. Because this is a team that drafted him, that has played him. You know, he, he had ran for over 700 yards as a rookie, contributed last year in, in his second season. Well, that's why you then have that cause for concern of him as a person. And so I, I think, yeah, like you said, Kerry, it, it is a delicate situation because when somebody is now acting as Trey Mason has apparently been acting, well, that that's a little bit of cause for concern. And so that's why the Rams have the concern that they have for him and they want to make sure that he gets better first and foremost as a person before you even talk about the football stuff because of course when you talk about him as a person that's what's most important. Uh, there are multiple reports that uh, Mason's home was in a, was visited by police um, he is again as we just mentioned a third year running back for the Rams um, Mason played in 13 games with three starts last year 207 yards, 75 carries with one touchdown. Not really sure what's happening here, but it is a, a developing story. And as Coach Fisher said yesterday, they're more concerned with his, his well-being as opposed to his career. Uh, again, proceeding with caution because this is a developing story and we don't want to speculate on what exactly is happening with Trey Mason. Uh, Miles Simmons giving us that update. He is the Rams insider. Uh, Miles, can you also talk to us about uh, a story that you've been working on? And I'm hearing a lot about it. I know it's just day two of sure, training yeah. camp, but the quarterback 
that competition. In full swing, uh, the relationship between Jared Goff and Case Keenum, it's interesting because you you hear reports of how no one wants to embrace the other. Mm-hmm. On different teams, not specifically this team, yeah. but on different teams. And, and that quarterback competition is exactly what it is. Everyone, I want to be under center. So, yeah. so I, I can't necessarily embrace you and give you all my secrets. But what have you noticed about this relationship with the rookie and Case Keenum? Well, I think it's the opposite of what you just put out there. I mean, everybody thinks about, you know, quarterbacks, first-round quarterback, incumbent quarterback. You think about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and how Brett Favre was like, why would I help this guy? You know, he's trying to take my job. And. I think everything that I've noticed and heard and seen from these guys, it's been the opposite. I mean, Case Keenum came in the other day, and he was talking to the media um, at Camp Check-In, and he really said, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can to help Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a great guy, a great person, and he's a good teammate, and so I want to help him. And then you had Jared Goff talking yesterday, and he said that Case Keenum is one of the best teammates he's ever had. And that's just not something you really expect from somebody who's really uh, trying to take this guy's job. I mean, this is about anything in life. I mean, you could talk about blue collar, white collar, whatever. It's hard when somebody's trying to come in and, and take your job, but that's the relationship these guys have is good. I, I got to ask you this. Um, yesterday, they talk about the reception uh, and how they were surprised by the number of fans. And then I got somebody on the Twitter because everyone on the Twitter. I call them Twitter scientists. Oh, yes, they are. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's all, 10,000 people isn't a lot. And I'm all like, well, actually it is for, uh, especially a city like this. This is arguably, what, the fifth team in terms of major sports? Yeah. Uh, And there are so many things to do here. And if I get in my car and I'm driving all the way to Orange County or for wherever I'm coming from, I'm driving up from San Diego, wherever I'm coming from, east, west, I, this is a commitment. It means I'm interested and I want to be here, and I and I want to be a part of something special because it is historic. It is historic, yeah. How would you describe the expectations that the the Rams organization has uh, for its its welcome here in Los Angeles? Well, I think it got started, you know, back when they put up the the season ticket deposits. A hundred bucks, you you put a deposit down, and you get to buy up to eight tickets. Mm-hmm. Right, so that window, I think, started at 10 a.m. Pacific time one day, and they got to mm-hmm. maybe 5 o'clock, and, they, and from those times, they've sold 70,000 season tickets. So the, the thing here right now is, okay, you've got this thing where nationally sometimes people want to talk about, oh, fan, the L.A. fan base, they're so fickle, there's mm-hmm. this, they're that. But then when you have 70,000 season tickets sold from people who put their deposits down on one day, I think that tells you pretty much all you need to know about this L.A. fan base. And then, you know, as you're saying, Carrie, you know, 10,000 people came up to talk about practice, right? <laughs> to, to watch practice, not a game, not a game, practice. Uh-huh. And anytime you're coming from anywhere in this L.A. area, you know, I've, I haven't been out here too long, but if you're driving through L.A. basically any time, any day, you're going to hit traffic. So if you're basically making that commitment to come here, that means it's important to you, as you just said. So I think we've now seen from this L.A. fan base, look, this team is very important to it. And I don't know that that puts any extra pressure on the team, but at least from a front office standpoint, you want to be able to get it right for these fans who have shown so much love for you. Yeah, so ESPNW, Be Honest Radio Special, with yours truly, Carrie Champion. We're at Rams training camp. It's day two. I'm on set with... Miles Simmons, L.A. Rams team insider, and this is presented by Straight Talk. Let's go to the phones because I've been told, and this is what the producers tell me, uh, we have someone on the line here. Uh, His name is Peter. He's in St. Louis. I can only imagine what this call is about. Uh Uh, He's listening at 101.1 in St. Louis. Peter, are you there? I am. Thank you. Hi, Peter. Uh, Carrie Champion, thanks for joining us on the Be Honest Radio special. Your question is or comment? Uh, you know, it's not really a question. Uh, I just have to say, you know, from a narrative standpoint, I understand the business move going to L.A., but I just want to make it, you know, known that we're all heartbroken here because, you know, we tried and we supported everybody so much. And, you know, I respect it as a business move, but it really hurts. So I just wanted to, like, to put it out there that, you know, you know, we didn't give up on the team. So I just hope that everybody, you know, at least just acknowledges that maybe to a degree i guess that's that's my only point that's peter calling in from st louis listening on espn 101.1 and 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 miles simmons he has a point he says that that the fan base there didn't give up on the team and and while we are in 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 our world because and by our world i mean here in los angeles celebrating the new edition of 
football returning to L.A., there is a city uh, that misses football. That is, as he mentioned, heartbroken. Uh, how have you all been able to handle that? I know that you've probably gotten a lot of negative feedback. Yeah, and, and there, there's a point to it. And, and I've told people this individually whenever I see them. You know, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, so if anybody knows about what it means to lose a football team, it's me. You know, when I grew up, the Browns left. So I can I can empathize with what St. Louis is going through. I really can. I, I know I understand that it hurts because this is personal for a lot of people. But at the same time, you know, you you think twenty years ago before, same kind of thing happened to Los Angeles too. You know, people will love this team. I get people come up to me all the time at places like this at the draft where they say, you know, I'm so happy to have this team back. This is the team that you know, my father rooted for this team. You know, my grandfather rooted for this team. They wanted to pass this down to me. And now that we have this back, it, it's really, really special to us. So I, I can see it on both emotional sides. I really can. And so, you know, there's, there is the, the sadness for St. Louis. It, it was a good time. I, I liked it there. You know, I lived there myself. But, you know, now you you have this team back where there is another emotional connection to it. So, yeah, I, I can see both sides of it. I really can. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, and it's interesting, I, I do thank Peter for calling us because I think in the, in the midst of the celebration, you know, and I don't think that it should be a somber celebration, but we do, we, we do forget that there are those who did not want it to happen, did sure. not want the move to happen, and that's no longer here or there. It's business beyond our paycheck, um, and we are, now here. <laughs> we are now here in Los Angeles. I wanted to talk to you about more about the quarterback competition sure, right now. So uh, you say that you describe them as having a really – a, a good friendship thus yeah, far. Yeah, that's what it seems like, at least. I mean, from everything they've said publicly, and, and I don't necessarily think too much of what guys say publicly, but when they go over a certain line, you know, it's this when Case Keenum's talking about, Jared's a really, really great guy, and I'm really excited to see what he can do in the league. That's that's more than the usual, oh, you know, he's a good quarterback, like, you know, we're going to have a good competition. It just, it seems like it goes beyond that, and that's what I find really interesting. About what do that. you see in Jared Goff? There was a reason why they moved up, and th- there had to be something special in him. Yeah, you know, even before the Rams made that trade up from 15 to number one, I I thought Jared Goff was probably the best quarterback in this class, and I say that because of one of the things is footwork. His footwork is so precise, it's the same pretty much every time, and you know, he was just working out basically right in front of us, and you can tell his steps are the same they're fluid they look equal he doesn't look like he's thinking about making the steps before he has to throw and I think that's something when you talk about a young quarterback it's not easy for them to just be fluid like that you know I I think about all the young quarterbacks we've seen as of late and and, and who makes that smooth transition from college to the NFL and they're able to sustain they're not that many no there aren't I you know RG3 has this breakout year and then what happens right Andrew Luck, to my memory, still the most consistent. Uh, Russell Wilson, but that was unexpected. It was right. Yeah, uh, I'm looking around, and it's hard for it's hard for these these college players that have uh, you know so so many accolades and are praised to really sustain. Yes. And transition. Is there less pressure when you're with an organization that doesn't have any expectations? Well, I think. Well, first of all, I think there are expectations, at least. Yeah, they trying. are. Sure. For, for this sure. team, you know, they everybody says, you know, we, we want to make the playoffs. Everybody's tired of being close. Fisher said that when they made up the tri- made the trade up in the first place. But I think one of the things that, that the Rams have an advantage of right now is you're not the usual team that is at number one, right? You know, you don't usually go seven and nine and then have the number one pick. You're usually, you know, two and 14, three and 13, whatever it might be. And so because of that, the Rams do have kind of a foundation. You know, they've got great defensive linemen, Darren Donald. Robert Quinn, and then you've also got this guy Todd Gurley, who you know pretty I've heard good of him. running back. Yeah, I've heard of him exactly. Before. So that yeah. kind of takes a lot off of what Jared Goff might have to do in order to make the offense go. You're not depending on him like you might have done last year if you're Tennessee with Marcus Mariota. Yeah, uh, you know. So I think that's kind of what the difference is right now. ESPNW presents Be Honest with Kerry Champion. I wanted to just kind of give you all. An overview of what we talked about. I I wanted to put into perspective what it means to have football back in Los Angeles. And I wanted to talk to a player uh, who just happened to be in L.A. when the Rams were here and also was in St. Louis when the Rams were there. And it's unique because you can't find too many who happen to be a Hall of Famer. My colleague and dear friend Jerome Bettis, uh, he joined us. And he had some um, interesting stories about when he came here as a 21-year-old kid, a, a Detroit kid living in Los Angeles with a little bit of fame. And um, 
I, I, I played this for you because it's, it's a, it's interesting because it's a culture shock going from St. Louis to Los Angeles. Also a cautionary tale. So take a listen. I was there my first year and one of, one of my um, older teammates wanted to take me out and he took me at the time that the club was called the Roxbury. So the Roxbury was the club to be at. So I was there and we're up in the VIP area and then it's, it's, uh, Magic Johnson, Arsenio Hall's over there. Then Prince is on the other side. And I mean, it just was like, wow, here, here is this 21-year-old kid from Detroit, and I'm in the this, this VIP area with all these stars. It was it was like an awakening for me. And I knew I, I didn't belong there, um, <laughs> but it, it was just a matter of time before I felt comfortable there. Okay, so I asked him that question because I was really curious. I'm like, what is it? I couldn't even imagine uh, going from one circumstance to the other uh, and being embraced in a world in which you just are like, who are these people? These are people I look up to. I have posters of them on my wall, and now they're asking me to hang out. Prince, Arsenio Hall, Magic Johnson, really? Um, And he tells that story because he wants the players now to know that they have to be careful, especially if you're the face of the franchise. Um, These are just things to be concerned about on and off the court, but off the court as the face of the franchise off the field, you will be, you'll be asked to do a lot of different things. And he talked about Todd Gurley being the face of the franchise and what happens when he's off of the field. Take a listen. He's got to deal with the celebrity part of Los Angeles and, and not being pulled in too many, uh, too many corners because as a celebrity there, you know, there's going to be events to go to and, you know, you want to, you know, get get your photograph here at this place and at this place. But you always have to remember you're a professional athlete first and you have to always remember that. And as long as you put that in the forefront, then you'll be okay. But there's, there's so many things to do, like I said earlier, and as a celebrity on the team, he's going to be the one guy everybody wants to have at their event. They want the one Ram player, and he's going to be that guy. They want him at all the social events, all the charity events. And he's got to be very careful because he's only got so much time that he can give. And he also has to have a social life. So he's got to be very careful in that regard. If not all the players, you got to be very careful in that regard. Um, there's so much anticipation and so much excitement surrounding this team being here. Uh, I am now a believer. I, I felt as if I walked in feeling one type of way because I was a, a, a jaded Los Angeles native. And now I, I feel it. I can see it. As the fans stand around us right here as we're live here at day two of training camp, you could see how excited they are just trying to get a glimpse. Rams gear, full effect, old school gear, young blood jersey, Pettis jersey. I I mean, it's interesting to see how dedicated and invested these fans are. Uh, But how do you keep them? I mean, that's really truly the question. Um, Bill Plaschke said earlier, columnist for the L.A. Times, that their honeymoon, they're going to have a long period in which there's this grace period in which people will be sweet to them and love them. And they, being the fans, will be sweet to uh, the Rams and love them. They're going to have an extended honeymoon period here. But there will come a time in which that they will have to win because that solves all. Let's listen. They're going to have a longer honeymoon than maybe even I thought. There'll be a half a season, three quarters, maybe a full season of honeymoon. But, but they, they've got to win. In this marketplace, they have to win or you'll be forgotten. They have to, you know, establish during the winter, during the winter, you know, the Lakers and, and are kings and during the, you know, and the, and the Dodgers during the fall. And, you, and USC football is huge here. I mean, right now the Rams are starting out probably fourth on the list behind Lakers, Dodgers, USC football. And if UCLA football gets good, maybe they'll fall fifth or, or, or the uh, Clippers, same thing. So they're, they're around fourth or fifth. They're going to have to win. And everybody's like, you know, my God, they're actually real football players, NFL players in our backyard. But that's not going to last. That won't last in this town. This is, there's too many things to do. We're an entertainment town. You have to entertain us. There are too many things to do in this town. I, I, listen, he could not have said it best. And I said, I said earlier when he came on, I go, you have summed it up. Make us – uh, understand and appreciate what you are going to be doing here. Why, why do we miss football? Because I would argue that people were okay without having this pastime in Los Angeles. Um, that was my argument. I, I, yes, we need it. Yes, we love it, as we can see here today. But I would argue that people were okay, just content. Um, that's interesting because I, as doing our research earlier, 
putting the history on the Rams, again, in Los Angeles from 1946 to 1994. In 1951, they won the NFL championship. Now we call it the Super Bowl. They were L.A.'s first major pro sports title team. The Rams were. So it makes sense. It's almost as if it's full circle. It's, it's coming back home. And we can see what football means to this city. It was apropos for it to be the Rams. Not the Raiders, as Bill said earlier. The Raiders, okay, let's move them to Vegas. Shelly mentioned that, or Shelly Smith mentioned that. But the Rams, let it be the Rams. They were here before the Dodgers moved to L.A., a decade before the Lakers were here, two decades before the Kings franchise was even a thought. Um, I sit here, and I wonder what's next. I wonder what we'll see as training camp ends and we start the preseason, and, and what kind of start they get. I think that will determine how interested our fans will be interested in football. Uh, I would say, just as a Los Angeles native, I'm going to have to be a fan. I'm going to immediately have to say, I'm all in for the Rams. I'm going to get my jersey once we leave here. I'm going to buy my producers some, too, see if they want to be on board with me. I know we're not supposed to be a fan, but just because I'm here, you have to show that support. Uh, I I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who came on today. We had a lot of wonderful guests on this ESPNW Be Honest radio special from Rams training camp. Thank you to Jerome Bettis, again, with the wonderful stories and the insight. Uh, GM, Les Snead, he actually, he surprised me. Very talkative, very open about what he wants to do with this franchise and where he could see it going and how he's a, a player's guy. Uh, and and the fact of the matter is that they, they, they wanted Hard Knocks here, but they kind of didn't want Hard Knocks here. You don't get, you don't get that choice sometimes, but it's interesting. Um, Tavon Austin, he wants to be in the playoffs. Bill Plasky, we just heard from him. And I'm going to call him my insider, even though he is the, the Rams team reporter. Uh, Miles Simmons with a sobering story, a developing story on, on Trey Mason. Um, we wish uh, young Trey Mason nothing but the best. We hope he is doing well. Uh, and again, his personal life is probably most important, not necessarily his career. Last but not least, our Shelly Smith and the entire L.A. Rams staff for hosting us today. 710 ESPN L.A., home of the Rams. You guys have been good to us. We appreciate it. It's Carrie Champion, Delina Terman. We're out here in L.A. doing our best. 